Hello! Welcome to Five or Ten Acres, a humorous history of horticulture and husbandry. I'm Rick. I'm a full-time student, part-time Joanne's employee, part-time farmer, and a part-time RV restorer. And I'm Ashley. I'm a linguistics major uh, who then went into political work, uh, political consulting, and uh, recently, fairly recently, uh, turned fiber farmer and... uh, we're also both full-time RVers. That's true. We are recording this from our lovely studio, the back of a 1978 Holiday Rambler. Which we just restored. Yes, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, you might hear in the background the occasional uh, old dog or two hyperactive cats. <laughs> Sorry about that. You probably won't hear, because they're in a different part of the, the uh, farm, are... Uh, three sheep. Uh, we have three Shetland sheep, as well as our four Angora rabbits. Yeah, you definitely won't hear them. You wouldn't. We could record with them on the microphone, and you wouldn't hear. Well, them. that's true. They're, 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 all they do is this wiggle noise. I'm wiggling my nose. I don't know if that's audible. <laughs> that's my point. The point is, it's not audible. You might hear him sniffing. If if Rocky, our Wait, ram, how, was here, he would. I was listening for them sniffing. You said you might hear them sniffing. If we brought them out. Here. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. So, if you can't tell, we have a fiber farm, uh, specifically uh, focusing on the slow fiber move- movement. What is the slow fiber movement? Uh, the slow fiber movement. Is that at the end of the show? Yeah. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about I'll it learn, later. I'll too. learn at the end it's of the so show hard. what it is I do. <laughs> <laughs> like to be able to tell people in advance. And uh, we thought we'd share some some facts about what we do, but also... What other the, people do. What other people do. And, and did. Both in fi- the fiber world, so for our yarn crafters and those people interested in uh, the husbandry side, but also what other people do with um, their agriculture. Yeah, history of some neat, you know, funny or weird things we've done in agriculture or uh, dealing with animals, uh, you know, fun stuff. Uh, that's what we're going for. We, yeah. You know, people have been doing this for a long time. There's some great stories out there. Uh, We've been doing it a short time, and there's some great stories with us. True. So. Uh, we're going to, at some point on the show, be interviewing uh, other uh, small farmers and small ranchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. Guys, stick around for that in different episodes. Uh, so what are we doing today? I thought today we'd just jump right into one of like the kind of the epitome or what everyone thinks of when they think of the fiber movement, which is uh, talk about the history of sheep. All right. And uh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. Wow. This is great. It's a really good show. Sorry, I went all NPR for a second. Uh, well, okay, so I, I've Googled. I've been Googled? known to Google, and I found you not out... Not only you have Googled, but... Yeah, we, we also, also have, have a researcher, but let's not... I'm trying to steal some credit up front, and then we'll give her okay, well, credit at the, uh, at the end. I see. And then like people may think I actually did something. Well... You're, you're, but yeah, okay. You kind of blew it. I googled this one thing. <laughs> this I did one Google. Thing you did find. I did Google it that sheep were domesticated ten thousand years ago. 
in Central Asia. But. But what? That's that was the end of my googling. Oh well. <laughs> Just, I saw that and I was like, then wow. Then we also, but we didn't until like somewhere seems a little controversial, but somewhere around 3500 BC is when we started actually spinning the wool into a fiber that we could make something out of. Right, like, what were we doing before? Were we just, like, skinning them? And yeah. just went... We just... Just, <laughs> just like, walking around... Well, like you know... With a sheep Super hat. comfy. Or super warm. I don't I said, know. Maybe it was comfy, too. I probably wasn't that comfortable, but... Do you, do you like my new... My new Can you imagine wool? how thick like, that was? Do you like, like my wool jacket? It's not wool, Dave. It's a sheep. You're wearing a sheep, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that like what you think of though when you think of like caveman? Like they've got like a hat made of a a tiger like, or whatever, but you don't think of like oh, wool. I guess that's true. Like you don't think of them wearing a sheep, but they they probably did. Like you probably it's you're probably a lot easier to just skin it. A sheep cape. <laughs> sheep cape. Well, uh, at least we don't do that anymore. Now we just shear them and use however, the fiber. if you if you were. Uh, going to just skin and wear your sheep, you could have lots of outfits. <laughs> a lot. Because. Well, there are, they believe uh, sheep have the most breeds of uh, any other livestock. Well, except for poultry. Which isn't fair. Cause there's tons chicken, of poultry. Yeah, like you, cro- you can crossbreed chickens. Like. But they think there's like a thousand or so distinct sheep breeds. Well, that's, I, I think that's good. Is that a lot? I, I mean, it's interesting because, I, I mean, I would assume that that means there's a lot of crossbreeding and that it's kind true, of thing. It's true, because like with alpaca, there's two, But we have one two, of the few right? breeds. It's like alpaca. There's like alpaca. Surrey and... And the Surrey and... and the other one. So there's Surrey what, and the other one. What cone, no, what is it? Watagonia? No. Patagonia. North Face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's that one. <laughs> it's uh, just naming clothing companies. <laughs> But, like, outdoors ones, so that's good. <laughs> right. I was sticking on topic. Uh, but we, I was going to say, we have one of the few breeds that's not been crossbred or altered. We have Shetland sheep. You've said that that's, twice now. She everyone, loves her we Shetland have Shetland sheep. sheep. <laughs> Just FYI. Uh, we're going to be doing an entire Shetland episode about oh, yeah. Shetland ponies, Shetland sheep, Shetland dogs. All, yeah. Shetland dogs, Shetland, yeah, Shetland cow, ducks, Shetland duck. <laughs> oh, and Shetland cows. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll do that later. So try to try to keep your Shetland love right. <laughs> under control for this Fine. episode. Uh, They're just kind of the best breed, but yeah, you know. okay. <laughs> uh, so we're stuck with these guys for six to eleven years. Well, that's the life expectancy of most breeds of sheep. But oh, let me guess. Ours are better. <laughs> What's their life expectancy? Uh, well, they have long lives. Uh, and it's kind of like a lot of them say like up to 15 to 17 years is what I was reading. See, and you know what? That means they're going to live to be 40 because black labs have a life expectancy of like eight. And our black lab is, is 16. 15. No, he's, he's 15. 15. He just turned 15. Too, like, we're stuck with him forever. And he's like, run it. He just ran away today. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, when it comes. Oh, but, but what about Mr. Lucky? 
Oh, Miss Lucky? I don't actually oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a sheep named Lucky, uh, and uh, he lived to be 23. It's the oldest, world's yeah, oldest it, sheep that we know of. 23 years old. That's how old our sheep will be. No, man, no. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. That's, that's, that's okay. No, we already So, there's, there's some history of sheep. I'm still picturing the dude in his sheep cape. Uh, I think his name was. He had like an awesome club. Right, like like inner city club. <laughs> like, <laughs> like dancing new, with Yeah, it's his new dance club. <laughs> Orcs club. I realize now you probably met like a, a big stick that he hit things with. Yeah, but you know. When you I said like... he had an awesome club, I pictured him at a club <laughs> wearing a sheep cape. Some, some, the uh, fire, like someone standing in front of a fire, like... <laughs> I may too. I may be too busy. <laughs> Your brain's not working anymore after all the school. Okay. Uh, so uh, that's the history of Shep. Well, yeah. I mean, brief. we have some super domestication. That's history. where it started. And also, we just wanted to throw in that thing about the old sheep because that's kind of cool. Uh, oh, so right. yeah. at some point, sheep had to be domesticated. Well, I guess they didn't have to be, but we decided that we would. <laughs> in order for the timeline we're in to occur, sheep had to be domesticated. Okay. And, Touché. And uh, that, uh, that happened. <laughs> During the process of that happening, uh, sheep became uh, religious symbols. The Egyptians believed that uh, sheep were sacred, and they even mummified them. Mm -hmm. But, to be fair... They kind of mummified they everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> the Egyptians were like, hey, hey, Brian, look at that. That's my cat. Uh, it doesn't look good. Looks like it's on the way out. <laughs> Let's mummify it. That's my cat, though. I don't know why. Well, Egyptians yeah, like Egyptians have, have a, a British, British accent. accent in they do. Particular, they did back in the day. Oh, right. Yeah. Actually, that's where Brits got their accent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's actually a British accent. It's actually uh, the so ancient every Egyptian. British person that might listen to this. I mean, I'm being. Sorry to all of <laughs> both of you. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, sheep uh, are one of the 12 animals in the Chinese zodiac. Yeah. Which oh, one? Well, the, the sheep, the sheep one. Yes. <laughs> I'm patting him on the head. Uh, but they're also seen to represent righteousness, sincerity, gentleness, and compassion. None of which are represented by actual sheep. So that's, that's, that's funny. They're kind of righteous. They were picked by people who had none of these animals. That's how the Chinese Zodiac was picked. Uh, um, so also, uh, they're used in literature. Quite yes. often, uh, uh, there's what a, have you, you've been studying some of that. Literature. I have. I'm in a class right now studying uh, nature and literature, and uh, one of the big themes uh, is I'm not doing great in the class, so I'm gonna mess some of this up. Is uh, <laughs> the pastoral conventions, yes. and uh, there was a, a a critic back when the pastoral was the big thing. And he had a quote I just love that was, no shepherd, no pastoral. It's just required <laughs> that you have a shepherd in your right. in your book to be considered a pastoral. And, like, honestly, people shoehorned them in. Shoehorned, even. Oh, they even, even shoehorned even. them in. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, they would just be like, 
towards the end of the book, they're like, oh, crap. And they just, like, throw in a shepherd real quick as <laughs> people like, are walking around. Also, Bob's a shepherd. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs> just to get it into the pastoral convention. Food. They had all the rest now of it. Now the critic won't yell at me. <laughs> like, oh, I almost forgot. So they would, they would do that. Uh, sheep were used in religious ceremonies all over the world. Uh, most everyone is familiar with all of that. So I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, sacrificial sheep, scapegoat, that's a goat, not that's a sheep. A Just that's letting true. people know. And those are different, because a lot Some of people, people don't know that they're... Yeah, we, <laughs> we were looking online, apparently. People get those confused. Apparently? Apparently, people get those confused. <laughs> uh, a, a sheep is the one that looks like a sheep. <laughs> the goat, the goat is the other one. They, they jump. There's a better. lot of different goats. Goats, though. Basically, they're jumping around. Probably a goat. <laughs> yes, there's a fair point. Uh, sheep are also used in science uh, yeah. for things such as genetic testing. Not genetic testing. Uh, what's it called? There was a word I wanted for probably, that. Cloning. Probably that one. Cloning. <laughs> Dolly. I was like, I saw Dolly. that on our researcher's stuff, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't even need to mark that. We don't need to mention a podcast because everyone knows about Dolly. Then I remembered, like, that was a long time ago. That happened back in July 5th, 1996. She was the first mammal to be cloned, and she was cloned from three different mothers. Her genetic mother provided the DNA. The second U provided the egg into which the DNA was injected. Wait, a U is the female lamb. Or female sheep, sorry. And the third... <laughs> Carried the cloned embryo. It took 276 attempts wow. before it was successful. But it happened in 96. There, we There's... just, today we were talking about how, who is he, someone was on a show that was born in 98. Yeah. Like 18, is that right? Like, yeah. So, so <laughs> how's my math? So Here's it's like, math. we need to, we, we actually do need actually... to cover Dolly. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. For all you youngsters. Dolly was a pretty big deal in the day. Yeah, yeah. Like people were like, "We should not be playing God." Yeah. <laughs> like there was like protests. Well, now like we don't really. No, we're not allowed to do it anymore. Oh. I'm pretty sure we're not. Like Americans aren't allowed. To... I don't know. I don't know. We should have looked that up. Someone, go to our blog <laughs> that you can find us at. Yeah, fiber10acres.com and let and us let know, us know. <laughs> if you can do that or not. That would be great. Uh, uh, cite your sources. Yeah. Uh, so currently, uh, besides creating uh, genetic monsters, what are they, what are we, what she are was we, cute. What, what are we doing? Genetic cuties. <laughs> genetic cuties. Uh, well, she okay, didn't have so, three heads because she had three moms, did she? No. Just, just one head. That would be impressive, though. Okay. Oh man, can you imagine giving birth to a three-headed thing? Anything? No, I can't imagine giving birth to anything. Well, that's true. Neither of us can. We don't actually have kids. I mean, it's like, yeah. Anyway, so meat and dairy are a lot. I mean, that's pretty much like the first uses for sheep and what they continue to use them for today. Um, meat, kind of, kind of self-explanatory. Uh, <laughs> you you eat the meat. You, you, you eat, eat the flesh. But uh, a lot of a lot of people don't know. There's uh, dairy. Sheep's milk is great for making cheese. Which, if you haven't had like. Some good sheep cheese. Go out and get some. Uh, uh, if anybody lives in the Paso Robles, uh, San Luis Obispo area, there's a cheese shop 
in Paso Robles on 6th and Pine? Pine? Pine, maybe? 13th. 13th oh, yeah, and Pine. Uh, anyway, go there and get the Euphoria. E-W-E. Euphoria. Adorable name. Oh my so goodness, good. it's the best cheese. And actually, when you do that, go ahead and pick up an extra. Stick it in dry ice. Uh, uh, tweet, kinda... tweet at, uh, at 5 or 10 Acres. Tell us you got it and you want to ship it. We'll PM you and you can just ship it to us. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> sorry, they made cheese out of it, really. You yeah. don't say. Did you know it contains higher levels of calcium, vitamins A, B, and E, and other nutritional elements than cow's milk? And the famous types of cheese are Greek feta, French, Ro- I always say this wrong, Roquefort. Roquefort. Rockford? Yep. Uh, Spanish Manchego and Sheep's Milk Ricotta and Pecorino uh, Romano from Italy. Huh. Another side note about cheese and the vitamins that it's high in. One of my favorite words is riboflavin. <laughs> so, I mean, it might have more riboflavin. <laughs> Just wanted a chance to say right. riboflavin. Well, you know, she just not say it right. <laughs> what? How do you usually say riboflavin? Riboflavin! <laughs> I've got the flavin. I need the riboflavin. <laughs> the cereal contains riboflavin and it's high in it. That is that the yeah, thing you Good job, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's why it's my favorite. Uh, well, um, in it, addition to meat and dairy, uh, you can even find, I love that this is, this is from PBS.org. Uh, bits of sheep can be found in tennis rackets. So when you go out to play tennis, <laughs> notice that the strings can be made of sheep guts. Um, oh, and then candles and soap are often uh, can be made uh, from tallow rendered from sheep fat. And a lot of cosmetics use and skincare products use lanolin, which is an emollient found in sheep's wool. I think that's the only one that you don't have to kill the sheep for. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have to for the riboflavin either. Well. <laughs> I mean, cheese. <laughs> right. I meant, you know, tennis oh. rackets and candles and soap. It sounds like you kind of need the. <laughs> I think you do, yeah. You're that but, or you can train your sheep to make the soap. If you're really good at training sheep. Super good at sheep. <laughs> so that's what you can get from sheep. It's a lot. So you can see that they were like a really useful animal, right? Like to have around. Right. I, I... Of course... We like to use them for their wool production. And uh, in order to do that, Segway! Uh, You have to to shear them. Good work. Thank you. Seamless, they didn't notice a thing. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Shearing? Tell us about shearing. Oh, wait, I have that. It says fact number three. (laughs) That's me. Uh, So. Let me, let me, let's bring it down. Okay. <laughs> let's bring it down to, oh wait, this is the fastest, I, read it. This is about fast sheep shears. Oh! I have the, the sheep shear in fact. Okay. So, okay, some people are good at it. Uh, here's my record. Some people are not great at my, it. <laughs> my personal shearing record. I shore Two? Rocky right. in 20 minutes. <laughs> Easy. Wasn't crazy. over twenty minutes. We only nicked each ourselves each once. I still have a scar. 
on and our arm. we only nicked each animal once, so we felt like we were pretty. That's pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good Actually. for your first go. Yeah. Uh, but our sheep are tiny, so right. they're so a little harder. To... So mine took twenty minutes. What 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 does it take uh, someone else who does it better? Well, I mean, if you were the world record holder, you uh, wouldn't... wait. I'm gunning for this. Okay. How much yeah. do I have to improve? Um. Well, you kind of need to do it in thirty-eight seconds. Per leg. <laughs> per animal. Thirty-eight seconds. Or with Polly, me? our lamb, you would need to do it in nineteen point eight seconds. Oh my <laughs> I'm pretty sure That's... there would be blood everywhere. <laughs> There's a reason we don't do People that. would be walking around like uh, Org again. For, with the, Here, just take you this. You skinned it. <laughs> just skinned uh, it. But uh, that being said, I know there's been a lot of controversy about sheep shearing. And most sheep shearers who are doing this on the local level, especially, are very careful. And obviously, none of us want to hurt our animals because that is how we make our money. And we care about our animals. So, just go back to that. Uh, yeah, and those guys, I've actually seen videos of those fast shears. One dude, uh, I saw, was watching a video. So impressive. He had one arm. Oh. And he was doing it, and, like, it was taking him, like, 20, 25 seconds. Yeah, if you watch, I mean, they do most of the manipulation with their legs of the animal. And we attempted that. Ours are tiny. A lot harder to do. But, uh... But there's also other ways to do our kinds of sheep, which we'll talk about in our Shetland Sheep episode. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, uh, shearing. So, what else about shearing? Oh, shearing. Shearing, uh, shearing can, uh... Well, how about, how about we talk about Shrek? I was gonna say, shearing can go wrong, because, uh, sometimes you can't get them. <laughs> I mean, we did have to chase ours down a while. We did. Easily ten minutes. With the help of a veterinarian and his two assistants. Well, that was that was just for their ear tags. Yeah. But for shearing, we had to help uh, a family. Uh, a family, their babysitter, uh, a friend. Yeah, including the two younger us. kids and and us. Yeah. yeah. Took us a minute. Uh, well, uh, don't feel bad. Because there was a sheep in New Zealand who evaded the shearers for a little longer than 20 minutes. It was six years. He was dubbed Shrek, and uh, when they finally got him, they shore him. Shorn him? They shore... They sheared? They cut off his fleece, and it was 60 pounds of fleece. 60 pounds! Yeah, it was... Uh, I have a, a fact somewhere else that one pound of wool could make up to about... 10 miles of yarn. Can you imagine? Well, it was enough to make 20 large men's suits. Jeez. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was yeah. auctioned off over we'll the internet. We'll put a picture of Shrek on our blog. Okay, because... yeah, we'll put it up with this. Yeah, it's kind of adorable before. <laughs> I've not seen him, so I just Googled, I, I got that story, so. So, yeah, sh shearing's basically step number one in wool, wool production. I mean, you grow the sheep, you grow them, like, you, grow, like, you plant you know, them, and you plant then you grow them, sheep. You water them, you feed them, you grow them, and then you get sheep. <laughs> so, uh, once you've shorn them, you then need to clean the fiber, yes? Yeah. Okay, I was right about something. So, uh, there's so many, you know, different animals that we get fiber from, um, 
as we mentioned, lanolin is a major uh, byproduct of sheep uh, wool. And they have several different glands that produce the lanolin. Uh, so the wool needs to be cleaned. We actually I think it's have called a lanolin gland. I don't know. I made that up. Probably. Uh, so yeah, when we do it, I I've been privy to this. We just use uh like some nice soap, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's about so it. Then, hasn't I it? mean, you think a lot of your dish soaps and your um like uh stuff like Dr. Bronner's and stuff like that, um, have uh degreasers kind of built into it, so you can do it pretty, um, you know, pretty. Eco-friendly. Eco-friendly, thank you. Uh, but yeah, on the commercial level, uh, you just go ahead and throw in the strongest degreasers you can get, and uh, <laughs> go ahead and bleach it to make sure it's all the same color. Uh, yeah, a lot of time, if they're going to be dyeing it later, they're going to bleach it down, so that way it's yeah. it'll take a dye. And I, most slow-fiber people don't, don't bleach their stuff. It changes the chemical structure of the stuff mm-hmm. when you bleach it. Yeah, yeah. chemistry class, I'm... I'm in currently. <laughs> uh, so, so once you, you're done cleaning, then you have to spin it. No, before you can even spin it. Oh, what? Because you get this big blob of a mess. I mean, you have to be careful in cleaning because felting can occur, which is basically you when you get feelings for it, right? <laughs> Feltings, yes. <laughs> what happened? I, I got felting, man. <laughs> I felted it. No, no, is that not? Uh, not quite. Natural fibers will shrink uh, under heat and um, agitation. So you have to be careful while cleaning it not to agitate it too much. And um, you do have to use heat to get the grease out. But anyway, so once it's done and you didn't felt it on accident and it's clean, then you have to car- what's called card it. Make sure it's of age. <laughs> you ask for its ID. Yeah. <laughs> Not the sheep, but just the wool. Just the wool. Make sure it's it's old enough to be turned into some to wool. To go to that <laughs> club that yeah. we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> to go to the to Orcs Club in Central LA. Uh, so carding um, is basically a process where you brush all the fiber, um, comb it to go the same direction. So that way when you go to spin it, goes one direction. (laughs) That's right. Also found in the club. (laughs) No. No, there's no no. one direction in the club. (laughs) Are they the 18-year-olds? Have you ever been to a club? (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I I just live on a farm. (laughs) Uh, On the, like, you know, of course on the commercial level they have giant machines that do this for you um, and will spit out what's called wool roving. Um, which are kind of like long, like, you know. It looks like unspun yarn. Yeah. Yeah, it's the really thick stuff. You'll see a lot of people now are using that to make that really super thick, like, um, huge knitted and crocheted items. that Like cars and buses. (laughs) That's right. They just make those with them. Uh, Us, on the other hand, we hand card our stuff um, and or use a drum carter. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how it used to be done was just the hand carding, which is basically like two paddles with a bunch of spikes on them and you just pull them across each other to get the the stuff to. It looks like two dog brushes. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ooh, mine sounds cooler. I'm just saying. Paddles with <laughs> spikes on them. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, and uh, then with that, you create what's called roll logs, and you can spin from that. Which hmm. takes us into... Segway! Oh. Selling. Spinning. Oh. It's spinning. Yeah. No, I, I remember <laughs> that's that's the one where you're on a bicycle, and there's a guy in... You know, I've always wondered if you could spin while spinning. <laughs> Get out of here. Tell them about spinning. I know nothing about this. I've tried four times. You you can drop spin. You're all right with drop spinning. Uh, maybe I was all right. So the oldest one is drop spinning. Uh, and that is basically, it's kind of like a, it looks kind of like a elongated top. Like it's a, yeah, it's like a, a stick with spinning. a weight on it. Yeah. And you, you, you get it to spin and then you, you the fiber will twist itself. Uh, it's super... Easy, basic. You can totally see why it was one of the first yeah. ways they did it. And it's the most like uh, That's the one the Babylonians had. They found with... Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, in ancient Babylon. Some time frame that is on one of these pieces of paper spread in front of me. Uh, they found us uh, drop spinning stuff. And that's... I mean, it's the most... Uh, it's easily transportable. So you'd see a lot of pictures of like uh, women walking around spinning... Uh, drop spinning? No, see, you say you see a lot okay. of people. I see a lot of these because I'm on Pinterest a lot. <laughs> I've never seen that. So. I have, like, so many pictures of women drop spinning on my Pinterest board. Gee, Rick, why don't you ever interact with my Pinterest? <laughs> <laughs> Answer. <laughs> uh, okay, um, if you go to Fiber to Acres Pinterest board, you'll, you, you can see some of those. If you're really curious. <laughs> if you're not Apparently curious. most people are not curious. I'm just learning this. <laughs> uh, then what happened after drop spinning? Uh, and, I mean, drop spinning still happened. I'm going to teach a class on that. But uh, then you have the, of course, the spinning wheel. And that's a much faster method. There has to be a song about spinning wheel. But I don't got it. Uh, that the spinning wheel, if you want to know what one looks like, search your memory to Snow White. No, what Rapunzel? No, no, Snow White. Snow White? No, it's uh, Sleeping Beauty. Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah, no, it's no, the one it's with Snow the, White. No, no, Snow White ate Sleeping the apple. Beauty. So, in an old Disney movie, they it's the she one that touches, her she finger. pricks her finger on a spinning wheel. Uh, please, uh, go to FiberTakers.com <laughs> and tell us what movie that is. It's an old Because we're not going to look after we're, this, we're so you just tell to us. Look. So, if you could just let us know, that'd be great. <laughs> Wait, isn't there one? Rumpelstiltskin. What? Yeah, but nobody's seen Rumpelstiltskin. That was never a movie. It's well, just yeah, a, story. a story. Yeah, but story. Okay, if you, if you want to know what it looks like, search your memory for what you oh. imagined one looked like. <laughs> When somebody read you the story of Rumpelstiltskin? Yes, that's exactly. Okay. And you're right. That's what it looks like. Man, you're good. Good work, everybody. Go read Rumpelstiltskin right now. Wait, no, finish this no. and then go Then go to our blog and tell us what the actual information we're looking for is. Thank you. And don't ever do the thing she just said. Always do what I say. Uh, uh, 
So the spinning. Wheel. And then of course commercial spinning is is probably really cool looking, but yes, it's by, <laughs> it's done by men wearing safety vests. That's right. No, not anymore. It's just like they're wearing safety vests. There are no men. It's just mechanical. But there's men walking around with clipboards and safety vests. Probably, maybe. See? Uh, but you know, it's cooler in the the small little. <laughs> well, did you know that by 1664, that's not by, that's supposed to be in, oh. the General Court of Massachusetts passed a law that required all youth to learn youths? to spin and weave. All the youths? Yes, to spin and weave in that's 1664. Cool. I think that's kind of neat. Like, Yeah, but what if you failed that class and you couldn't graduate? Why'd you fail to? I couldn't spin. <laughs> you just had to learn how. You didn't have to, like, be proficient, probably. I don't know. Um, uh, so finally, in the process, you have to set the spin. So, like for us, after we spun the uh, fiber, we actually have to wash it one more time. Uh, well, I should say we ply it if you want it to be a plied yarn, so have multiple strands, um, and then, which is basically spinning it again but backwards uh, with another piece of fiber with it. And then uh, you set it by washing it, kind of banging it around, uh, dry it, and then if you are going to be doing any dyeing, that's what we, that's when we would do that. And that's right. If you're gonna dye, do it then. <laughs> Just wait until you've done the entire process, <laughs> and then no. But I, I mean, again, we like to do it with um, dyes that are food safe dyes or uh, natural dyes. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of chemical dyes that are used to make a lot of your commercially uh, produced yarn as well. Yes. Uh, oh, and we have a few other commercial production facts right there. Yeah. Oh, right. We do. On this. <laughs> so uh, the commercial wool production. Oh yeah, that's right. I googled this too. He Texas. Did this one. Texas has the most sheep operations. With a hundred and ten, no, uh, with with ten thousand six hundred and seventy-four uh, sheep operations, uh, and they also have three quarters of a million sheep in Texas. So they had like the most, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Te- Alaska has the fewest sheep operations with fifty, <laughs> and since uh, I've uh, lived in Ohio and Oregon. I thought it was neat that Ohio is number five and Oregon is number eight on sheep production. Sheep yeah. production. Uh, or commercial all, wool production, sorry. Yeah. Also, uh, English is proficient. Uh, oh, oh, I get it. You just had bad <laughs> handwriting there. Uh, back in the day, I think it was the 12, no, it was before that. The English were proficient at raising sheep and the Finnish. <laughs> Oh, Flemish. Uh, Flemish were proficient at processing uh, the wool. So the English started selling the wool to the Flemish, who would then make yarn and send it back to the English, who would then make products out of it. And so it got moved between the two countries like three or four times. And it was like early example of a, a international. international trade that was like constant, like a steady supply between two Manufacturing cool. plants. Like that would be yeah, the yeah. first or early one. Yeah, that? it was totally early. Like it was the Silk Road was before. Well, right. Yeah, but that makes sense. This was like two businesses having an agreement. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Direct. Um, 
What else do we have? Uh, so, oh, and we talked, I mean, with that, we talked a little bit about our process. Um, I, I know more about our process and the commercial process, so uh, look that up if you need. <laughs> but um, also, like I said, we do it on this slow fiber. Uh, we like the start to finish product. And uh, we like it because it supports small businesses. And uh, for us, we also want to be uh, good on the environment, make sure that we're being ecologically friendly. And then we like that, you know, we have have pets. (laughs) We have pets. And our pets are cool. (laughs) And they make things out of their fur. It's pretty awesome, actually. I mean, the awareness and uh, of production and tradition that right. we it's get fun to, have to and... know that if you like, you get it from a slow fiber person. He can tell you like, oh yeah, or she can tell you, oh yeah, that's that's so and so's fiber. We could say that's Rocky, our Rams fiber, and yeah. he has a cool brown color. Or and he Adrian. enjoys to butt you if you yes. ignore him. He also is really really affectionate. He also has a sleepy leg. Oh, <laughs> that's not Rocky. That's Mr. Rick. <laughs> I know. Uh, <coughs> do you want to do the, the the quick facts? Yeah, quick we had fire. a bunch of silly quick fire facts. We, we couldn't quite work these in, but uh, Charlotte Cleary, our researcher, uh, got us a, a bunch fun. of facts, yeah. and so we wanted to quick fire some of these at you. So uh, you go first. Sheep can graze through approximately 12 inches of snow, which we're very excited about since we just moved to an area that has snow and we didn't have snow before. So, hey, hey. (laughs) Okay, mine has two quick facts both at once. You ready for this? Mind blowing. A study of sheep psychology. That's the first first one (laughs) right there. That is mind blowing. (laughs) Sheep psychology. Sheep psychologist? Congratulations, you are. Yeah. That is literally what it takes to be. I think Rocky is feeling. Uh, If you're a sheep psychologist, go onto our blog. (laughs) A study of sheep psychology has found that sheep can remember the faces of more than 50 other sheep for up to two years. They are officially better at recognizing uh, their kin than I am. (laughs) I cannot recognize 50 people. Uh, they for, can also for like ten minutes, yeah. let alone. <laughs> they uh, they can even recognize familiar human faces. We know that because Rocky loves me, but kind of has an issue with Rick. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, George Washington raised sheep on his Mount Vernon estate, and he and Jeffer- Thomas Jefferson were both inaugurated in suits made of American wool. Oh wait! Oh no! I lost the one. There was also it? a president one. Woodrow Wilson, I want to say it was. I don't have the sh- the thing. Uh, he had... Oh, there it is. Yep, you were right. Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson grazed sheep on the White House South Lawn. The wool obtained from the sheep was sold to raise money for the Red Cross during WW1. Kind of awesome. Also, sheep... I don't want to see that. Like, do you, know, do you know why sheep are also better than me with people? Hmm. Sheep have best friends. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet and sad, that statement. Uh, did you know approximately 8% of male sheep uh, 
seek sexual sex exclusively from other male sheep. That's trying to keep this family friendly, but yeah, right. that's a that's a true statement. Uh, that would explain their best friends. Uh, there were 31 different ideograms for sheep in the Uruk period of Mesopotamia, approximately 6,000 years ago. Uh, so the Uruk period of Mesopotamia was uh, the later period of Mesopotamia. Uh, and yeah, that was where actually a lot of culture that we're familiar with came from. Yeah. Just learned about that in my, oh, really? in my class. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, when we were talking about tennis rackets, it takes uh, the small intestines of 11 sheep to make one tennis racket. Just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> uh, so, also, the uh, sheep have appeared on banknotes. For example, the, an example is a one yuan note uh, printed by Thomas de la Rue of London for the Chinese National Bank. The Farmer's Bank of China. It was probably printed uh, in 36 to 39. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, there are 150 yards or 450 feet of wool yarn in, base in a baseball. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. My cousin Chris once hit uh, baseball. We were playing out in the field. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, my brother threw it. And my cousin Chris hit it. And it split open. And the, the leather came off. And yeah. there was a string... Uh, that was flying, yeah, like, tra cool. trailing behind it. Kind of cool. Uh, we later found out he'd cut some of the laces, trying to be cool. So when he hit it, it was Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, there was that. That was kind of cool, though. It like, is. <laughs> uh, do you have any more? I have Just, one more. Okay, yeah. go hit it. Uh, if you see a sheep on its back, lend it a hand. A sheep cannot get up from that position. I didn't know this. I've never seen a sheep on its back, but... Uh, and apparently if you leave it on its back too long, it will eventually die. Uh, like is, that, is that a good note to leave it on? <laughs> no, because I've got this one. Oh, okay, good. Uh, the male sheep is called a ram. Mm -hmm. Ram is the astrological sign for an Aries. I am an Aries. Oh. And my initials are R-A-M. We were meant to have a ram. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> wow. Also, rams are used to symbolize vitality and power. So I'm feeling pretty. Oh yeah, good right now. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so look, guys, that's our show. Uh, we want to thank thanks you for, all. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe on whatever uh, thing that you use. Not to listen what to us. all the things. All of them. But what I mean, whatever they're using to listening through iTunes, subscribe on iTunes. Podcast Republic, which is what I I listen to on. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we're going to be on all those. Podcaster, hopefully. yeah. If you found Stitcher, us there, I think that's Stitcher. a thing. Yeah, sure. Maybe Twitter. <laughs> subscribe Twitter. on Twitter. Well, we we have a Twitter. Oh, I don't know see, if you can there you go. We'll tell you when we put we out have, a new podcast. Yeah, so follow. You can also follow us on Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Facebook. <laughs> Twitter, and then of course you can Fiber10Acres. find us at fibertonacres.com. That's our our website. Uh, we have blog, blog post up there. We have blog. We have blog. We have blog. I work. Come to Orc. I work. Come to Orc Club. I put on good lamb coats. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying so hard to entertain you. Uh, <laughs> Go check that out. 
<laughs> and uh, and then of course, uh, thank you to uh, Charlotte Cleary for helping us with our uh, research today. I think that worked out well. <laughs> yeah, it did. She did a great job. Uh, I would you. like to thank you, Ashley, for uh, for being my co-host. You what? did good backup there. Good backup. <laughs> good backup. Why, thank you. I'm obviously the one who knew all of well, this. Well, you have the radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then to thank you to Left... What's lefty, lefty five strings for our, oh, our Not, intro okay. and outro to the show. Yeah. Uh, lefty five strings is one of the people we're going to be talking to later on. Cause uh, him and Christy run a great ranch down in central California. They, we, they have goats. The they, goats. they have goats and they, they have, sheeps have the sheeps and, and pigs. they have really cool pigs. Yeah. So Angelista we'll, pigs will we'll, we'll be talking to them at some point. Uh, probably soon. I think they'll probably be the first people we interview, so stick around for that. But Lefty Five Strings did our intro and outro. So thank you for that. Thanks, Lefty. And uh, obviously we produced it ourselves. Uh, so, yep. <laughs> You're the worst. Uh, I mean, if you couldn't tell. And yeah. We did a wonderful <laughs> job. Incredibly... So, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody.